Back in May of 2013, I had moved out of my parents' house and into an apartment community. As I was moving in the very first day, I had heard some loud thumping from the apartment above me. I had hoped it was just a fluke and that the people above me just happened to be doing something loud at the time, but over the next few months, it just got worse. They would very frequently make really loud thumping noises and slam things down, sometimes even causing the room to vibrate a little. I really have no idea what they could have possibly been doing that would be so noisy. I would often hear them screaming and arguing with each other at all times during the day and night. It also wasn't uncommon for them to have a shouting match at 1am. I reported them to the apartment manager but she didn't seem to take my complaint very seriously and then brushed me off, saying she'd look into it. I was already locked into my lease for at least a year so she didn't have much incentive to do anything as long as nothing serious happened. She only cared about collecting rent rather than providing a good community for the residents. I was completely ready to take matters into my own hands and then confront them about their late night fights, but then the situation took a really dark turn. Things went from annoying to creepy when one night the couple had started threatening each other. I heard the guy shout out, You walk out that door and you'll never come back. And then the girl shouted back, Get out of my way! That's when I then heard a loud thud and what sounded like glass breaking. Then I heard hurried footsteps walk out the building and the door to the outside open and slam shut. It was eerily quiet after that. Even though it was well past midnight, my curiosity really got the better of me and I walked out my door and into the hallway. I climbed up the stairs to the apartment above me and I saw the door still open. The guy noticed me looking in and then walked up to me. Who the hell are you? What do you want? He asked harshly. I heard some noise and yelling. Everything alright? I replied. Yeah, everything's fine. Mind your own damn business. He then just slammed the door right in my face. I kind of just stood there for a few seconds, wondering if I should call the police or not. I decided not to because there really wasn't anything I could tell them and I was kind of afraid of how this guy might react to his downstairs neighbor calling the police on him. I walked back down the stairs and into my apartment. Things were rather quiet from above over the next few days. I had hoped that his girlfriend had left her obviously unstable boyfriend for good, and that would be the end of it. Unfortunately, I just wasn't that lucky. A couple of nights later when I was sleeping, I had heard a noise coming from the outside hallway that woke me up. I heard some loud footsteps coming up the stairs. I got out of bed and walked over to my door and looked out the peephole. At first I saw nothing. Then I saw two men walk down the stairs and then stop to discuss something for a few minutes. I'd got a really uneasy feeling about them as it was late at night and I'd never seen them before. The door leading to the outside is permanently locked and can only be opened with a key, so either someone had let them in or they had a key. But who were they, and why were they here? Then they walked out of the building. It was odd seeing this, but I didn't think much of it and just went back to bed, just really relieved that they were gone. But not ten minutes later, I had heard those same footsteps yet again. I was still awake and I walked over to the people. Those same two men had returned. I saw the guy who lived above me walk down to greet them. I couldn't hear what they were talking about, but they had started to raise their voices with them, 
Then one of them grabbed the guy and then slammed him against the wall. It was right next to my apartment door, so I heard the loud thud of his body banging against my wall and then him shouting, Hey, let go of me! I quickly got down and then backed away from my door as I didn't want them to notice me looking through the peephole. My heart was beating in fear as I heard the guy scream in pain as one of the men punched him. Then one of them shouted, If you ever come near my sister ever again, I'll cut your throat. The guy pleaded once again for them to let him go, but they slammed him against my wall yet again. I then heard them walk down the stairs and out of the building. I kinda just sat there crouched down for a few minutes, in total shock as to what had happened. I literally just witnessed my upstairs neighbor get assaulted and then have his life threatened by two thugs right outside my door. When I finally got back up, I looked out my peephole and nobody was there. I tried to go back to sleep, but I was too on edge. I just laid there in bed, afraid those guys might come back and wondering once again if I should call the police. I decided not to call them since I really didn't want to get involved in a dispute between my upstairs neighbor and two dangerous men that had assaulted him and also threatened to kill him. Thankfully he moved out shortly after that incident and there wasn't any more trouble with those guys. I moved the hell out of there as soon as my lease expired as I didn't feel safe living there after that night. And again, the apartment manager clearly didn't care about the community she was in charge of. I've since bought my own condo and I'm forever grateful that I'll never have to deal with upstairs neighbors ever again. Hearing someone get attacked right outside your apartment door and then have his life threatened right in front of you, well, that's something you just never forget. Before my husband and I got married, we were living together in a mediocre apartment complex in a similarly mediocre part of the city. Now, it wasn't an especially dangerous place, but security at the complex was severely lacking. For context, I once had my car stolen right out of the parking lot in broad daylight without anyone noticing. Another issue with the complex's parking lot was its shortage of spaces. This was usually more of an annoyance than anything, but on one occasion, it had put me in very real danger. I was still finishing my degree at the time and I had night classes that, in combination with an hour and a half commute, left me getting home on most nights well after 11pm. Often I was lucky enough to find a space in the main parking lot by my building, but there were a few occasions when I found myself having to park in a much farther lot. The slot was very poorly lit, it had no buildings near it, and usually had very few cars in it. It was creepy in and of itself but what really scared me about it was the extended walk from it. As a 21-year-old woman, I had already had plenty of experience with creeps, late-night walks, and unpleasant combinations of the two, but usually those walks were down a street or somewhere more public. Walking alone through this big, dark, empty lot really made me feel like sitting prey. No one had noticed when someone stole my car in the middle of the day, why should I expect anyone to notice if something happened to me there in the middle of the night? With all this going through my head most nights to begin with, there was one evening in particular when getting out of my car just felt like a really bad idea. Now, I'm not a superstitious person, but my intuition was buzzing from the very minute that I unlocked my door. I'd only taken a few steps when I had spotted a man standing stock still right by the dumpster near my building. He didn't have any trash, he wasn't looking through it. He wasn't smoking. He wasn't doing anything. He was just standing there looking at me 
I was still all the way across the parking lot, but other than getting back in my car, there was no way around him. The dumpster was squarely in the middle of the two entrances to my building, so no matter which way I went, I'd have to walk directly toward him. My keys were already between my fingers, but I wasn't feeling very confident about whether this would help or not. I'm not a strong person, and I'm also only about five foot three. More than anything, I felt silly for being so afraid, but I knew in my gut something was wrong. This man had appeared out of nowhere. I'd driven past the dumpster on my way into the lot, and he hadn't been there. Also, I knew what everyone in my building had looked like, and there's absolutely no way that he would have had time to get there from another building between when I passed the dumpster and when I parked. As I got closer, it became increasingly obvious that I wasn't imagining the man staring at me. Especially because, as I got closer, he turned his body so that he was always facing me. Kind of like a sunflower, just rotating in place, always watching me. Then came the moment when I had to pass him to get to the door. I felt really silly doing it, but I turned around and walked half backwards as I got close to passing him. I left a really wide space between us as I drew near by walking in the grass instead of on the sidewalk, but I still didn't want to turn my back on him. Eventually, though, I had to, and the second I did, I heard footsteps. Not just footsteps, but running footsteps. They were coming toward me, and really fast. So I ran too. I sprinted to the building, ran up the steps to the door, entered the pen as quickly as I could, and then hoped to hell that he wouldn't be able to follow me. I didn't stop running until I got to my apartment door, three flights of stairs later. My neighbors were probably pissed about the noise, but I was terrified. The second I got in the door, I told my then-fiancé everything that happened between panic breaths, and he immediately called security. While he did, I went to go peek through the balcony window to see if I could spot the man. I couldn't. He was nowhere to be seen. When security finally arrived, they reported the same. No one was around. I still have no idea what the man was doing there before I got there or where he came from, and I've moved across town since then, but to that really creepy guy from my apartment parking lot. I really, really hope to never encounter you ever again. Hey everyone, I want to take a small break from the stories to give a big thanks to Audible for sponsoring today's video. If you enjoy books like myself, but don't really have the time to sit around reading them, Audible is perfect for you. Audible is the spoken word for entertainment all in one place. The variety of what you can listen to on Audible is massive, ranging from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation, and more. And since I know you guys love horror, this is especially perfect for that as their horror selection is massive. Whether you're into true crime or scary stories just like this, you can find it on Audible. I'm currently in the middle of listening to American Predator, the hunt for the most meticulous serial killer of the 21st century, by Maureen Callahan. Like Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and the like, it covers another major serial killer, Israel Kiaz, one of the most ambitious and terrifying serial killers in modern history. You can find audiobooks like this and more on Audible. Audible's also really excited to offer members an exciting new way to explore their interests with the included Plus Catalog. So if you don't really know where to start, the Plus Catalog is a really great way to find new favorites and formats. 
like the exclusive Words Plus Music series, or even a podcast you've never considered before. Visit audible.com cannibal or text the word cannibal to 500-500 to start your free 30-day trial today. Now let's get back into the stories. Despite happening three years ago, the trauma of what happened still affects me to this day. And the guy still hasn't been caught in that length of time, which hasn't helped in my mental therapy I've been taking ever since it happened. So at the time of the event in 2017, I was a 17-year-old Tokyo high school student and had just finished my classes for the day. And, regrettably, I was quite the isolated and unsociable type of person. Never really fit in with any social group. Which, yes, I know, depressing, but that's not what the main focus is. So earlier in the day, we had a transfer student from a guy who had moved from Hokkaido, likely Sapporo. To this day, I don't know why he moved to Hokkaido. Probably because of a family move to Tokyo, but again, I'm no magician to know. And we practically hit it off right away. And for context, I'm a girl. A tomboy more than anything with short hair, and I looked way more tough than I actually was and would often get a varying amount of stares from people on the street mistaking me for male. Anyway, we became good friends really quickly due to our love of history and general nerd stuff, and soon we begun to hang out outside of our classes and such, attending arcades, cafes, stuff like that. About three or four months into our friendship, I'd begun to notice he was getting more and more weird around me. And no, it wasn't the type of weirdness that would reveal if you liked someone or not. But it was the type of controlling attitude. He always demanded to know where I was if I wasn't at school or home. He went around telling people we were dating. Which got me a lot of stares, mind you. And eventually, he even began making inappropriate gestures towards me on text. And even if we were together... It got more and more extreme until I had enough and blocked him on Twitter and even Line, which is the Japanese equivalent to WhatsApp, etc. Now I know. I could have at least told him why he was beginning to creep me out, but I never imagined he would do what he did later on. And for note, I lived with my mother in an apartment complex at the time, and after I blocked him and began generally skipping school a lot more to purposefully avoid him, but... It didn't stop there. He would create account after account on the social medias I had, spamming me with messages of, at first friendly nature, asking me why I blocked him and whatnot, but after a while, it became much more violent. He began calling me with multiple numbers, and had started sending me DMs of what he would do to me if he ever saw me again. His messages were not even the type of threats you would see in cliche horror films. It was genuine, sickening stuff. And to this day, I cannot believe I did not call the police, or at least report the guy on social media. But then again, the Japanese police are often very laid back, at least in my own experiences in the past, and they did put very little effort into finding him afterwards. He did stop the endless calls and messages for a few weeks, and I had finally began to recover. And no, he didn't know my address. Yet. We always met up at cafes or general public areas and never went to each other's houses. 
In fact, he was really opposed to me visiting him at his house, but would often beg or give subtle hints he wanted to go to my place, which is a big red flag now that I'm typing my story. But my short period of peace was quickly stopped, and even in 2021, four years after this story took place, I do not know how the hell he found where I lived. He might have followed me home, or even asked teachers for my address, which is common if a student has been missing school. Another student will be asked to deliver work or assignments to them, and is given their address. He begun sending me pictures of my front door, my apartment complex, me walking into my apartment and out of it again. For context, my apartment complex is a large building full of apartments opposing another row of apartments, meaning you can see the tenants on the other side from the other. But even this grew extreme. I was continuously woken up night after night by loud bangs on my door, which is a very flimsy door. One good and firm smash into it is enough to bring it crumbling, and don't ask how my neighbors didn't hear it. I often never even talked to them, and my mom was away on a business trip to America, and it was finally at this point I called the police. I couldn't take it anymore. I begged every night that my door wouldn't come flying out of its hinges, but he was always gone long before the police even arrived, who in fact always said that there was nothing they could do. The cameras hadn't worked in years, and there was no proof of anything but harassment so far, and even if he was caught, he would be given a light sentence, and doubted a restraining order would even do much. And yes, I did tell the police his name, but we will call Tahi for the sake of this story, but due to lack of evidence, he was seemingly never arrested. This wasn't even the final straw. I had begun to bite my nails till they were nothing but a bleeding mess. I constantly checked over my shoulder, even began to ignore my phone, which was still being spammed with calls and threatening messages, some of which would have landed him on death row if he was convicted. They were that bad. After another month of this mental torture, the last bullet was fired, and in the night of another restless rest, he bashed down my apartment door, kicking it open with a relentless force that essentially shook everything in my apartment, and he barged in. For context, my apartment is set up with only a door for the entrance and a door for the bathroom, but we had no lock, and due to my day's state, my hair was grabbed and I was pulled around the room. I'm sure he even ripped out a few hair strands along with it. I didn't even have time to scream, shoving his spare hand into my mouth and kicking me to the floor. I was scared. My legs were shaking. I was crying and he was on top of me, pulling away at my clothes and ripping them. This part I won't get into, as the events of what happened scarred me forever. It lasted for hours. My face was cut and he threatened me that if I made a single noise he'd kill me and my mom. So I didn't. I lay there for hours and I blacked out. I awoke the next morning in a hospital bed. My throat dry, my ears ringing, multiple broken bones and covered in bandages. I was told by police that a young man had found me once the sun had rose, finding my apartment door smashed open and me half beaten to death and covered in cuts, some of which I still have scars for. They never found him. 
He had vanished from the face of the planet. Even the house they found to be his was completely empty. Besides, hundreds of pictures of me scattered around the wall like a psycho. I never went back there to that apartment. As soon as I went back there to pack my things, I was hit with a panic attack. I felt lightheaded going near that apartment complex. I dropped out of school. I became mute and left Japan to live with my mother in the States for the duration of her business trip, which lasted a few more months, and we moved to Kyoto. I burned that phone, the phone that started that torture. Doing better now. I have a job and am beginning to speak again, and I turned 21 a few months ago. My life was hell after that. I became a heavy drinker. I was admitted to multiple therapists, but the trauma from then still exists. I will never set foot in that city again. And to you, Tahi, the man who ruined my life, I hope you suffer in the biggest pit of hell for what you did. And I hope that you didn't succeed in ruining others like you did me. And everyone listening to this, remember to not always think of everyone as a friend with good intentions like I did. I'm a 25-year-old female. I moved to a new part of town all alone for the very first time with my dog in November. It is known as more of a hipster area and is being known for higher crime, but it still has plenty of nice bars, restaurants, awesome shopping, dog parks, etc. I'm the only single person living in a single unit building on the ground floor. The building has a secured entrance out in the front but the back has a gate that doesn't lock, and any one of the apartments can be entered from the back as well with the back door. Shortly after moving into the apartment, my dog became very sick, like to the point that she started having seizures every time she ate, and I also wasn't sleeping because she would puke every two hours throughout the night. This went on intermittently for about two months, before it got to a point that I actually had to take her to a more advanced vet ER clinic, where she was then admitted overnight. Keep in mind that I had been running, carrying her in my arms in absolute hysterics to go meet my friend in broad daylight to get her there. I had arrived home alone around 7pm. I finished up some work projects and I'll also inform you that I was stone cold sober, as I had to keep my phone right next to me because the vet kept calling me every 30 minutes to an hour with updates. Right at about 1.15 or so, I had just gotten off the phone with the vet again, when I then heard something at the back of my door. I thought it might just be wind or something to that effect, but it sounded like someone would shake my door handle, walk away, then try it all over again. I made my 911 call at 1.29am. When they arrived, no one was there, and they rolled in deep with about 10 cops and flashlights. They checked all around my apartment, but they didn't find anything. I installed a ring doorbell two days after but my landlord still hasn't installed a kick plate in my back door or a lock on the back gate. I've withheld rent this month so far, but got a notice that I'll have to pay late fees on my rent. They also told me that I could potentially move to a different building and take over a new lease over there so that they could rent this unit out, then came back and said never mind, I'm not allowed to do that. I also have a theory on my next door neighbor and I'm happy to explain why I'm suspicious of him based on the things he's done and taken of mine when I take them out to the trash. I guess for now, that's all I got. I'll be sure to post an update if anything else happens. <laughs>